hi. Oh my god. I'm in the middle of a um, chocolate caramel. The worst <laughs> snack to eat before recording. Some food ASMR. I didn't realize we were going to be an a- ASMR podcast. Oh, It's fine. I, we yeah. can just chit chat for a few minutes and then introduce and you can cut this if you want. Okay. You go for it. <laughs> chit chat me. <laughs> So, I have not told my parents about the tattoos Mm -hmm. per Kinley's request. Uh, (laughs) So, because he thinks it'll be funnier if we just both show up at our mom's house and, like, not say anything and see if she notices. And Mm -hmm. we're going home for Mother's Day in, like, two weeks. So, I can keep it off social media for that long. Mm. He was Is this like, his first? Yeah. Mm. So we'll see, but I think I'm gonna take the um, the Sanaderm off either tonight or tomorrow. So they said leave it on three to five days, and tomorrow's three days. Yeah, and those are pretty tiny. Like they're, they're, they they're heal fast. So tiny. Um, they don't hurt at all. It's been so easy, shockingly easy. Yeah. And Kinley's was the biggest, and he says his is fine, too. Although, everybody got them in easy spots except Vic. Hers is on her side, and so, like, anytime she moves, it it moves. Mm. Uh, so, sh- hers was a little more painful. Hers was the most painful to get. And then I think, um, I wouldn't be shocked if hers took a little longer to heal than the rest of us. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought of that. I guess I haven't gotten tattoos in any like not easy places yeah but she wants to get a cat portrait on her thigh and i was like taylor has a dude that, okay yeah i meant to send it to you i i, I need to take my pants off to take a picture it's really for her yeah i was just gonna show it to her i couldn't find a good photo on your instagram i can tell her the artist too it was a guy in houston oh that's right yeah and he loves doing pet portraits. Like, he does a bunch of them. Yeah, send that to her. Will do. That's awesome. She wants to just do a leg sleeve of... Of all the pets? Cats, yeah. Aw. I love that. Yeah, pretty cute. Okay, yeah. my mouth is clear. Okay. <laughs> ready? Can I do an intro? Yeah, lead us in. Cool. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for season two of Voracious Podcast. If you listened to last week's episode, you know that we are back with regularly scheduled episodes and we are starting a new book. So last week we introed the book Portrait of a Thief, a novel by Grace D. Lee. This is her debut novel. She's actually our age and grew up in Pearland, which is not that far from where I grew up. And know someone that Taylor and I went to college with. So, it's small world. Um, so, in last week's episode, we introed the book, gave some of our predictions and expectations for what we think is going to unfold over the next few weeks as we read this bad boy. Um, and also talked a little bit about uh, Lee and her back. Yeah, a little bit about her bio. I feel uh, like we need a good like nickname for her because we all we could say like tjr and it was like easy yeah <laughs> we'll come up with one it'll, yeah. it'll happen organically uh, but yeah so now we've actually read qu- 
quite a good chunk this time. A good chunk, yeah. Uh, We read, just so, in case anybody wants to read along with us, we read up to chapter nine. So we stopped after page 57. And what an action-packed first 57 pages. So if you listen to our first episode and you want to read along, pause right now and go read chapter eight because um your girl accidentally read ahead <laughs> yeah we planned to only read through chapter eight or until chapter eight and then taylor texted me this morning and was like we we're supposed to read to chapter nine right and i was like no but i can't <laughs> honestly it ended up being a good chunk like i think we could have stopped yeah. at either one yeah but this one was pretty fun to stop after yeah, we were we were just kind of estimating to like get a feel for. Yeah, no, that was good though. A good chunk of the way, and yeah, I think for TJR's book, it made sense to break it up because it was sectioned so differently, and especially the first half of that book was moving at such a different pace. Like, and like it was like two different timelines. Exactly, yeah. but this is a a totally different structure. So yeah, it's unnecessary. But since you just reread all of it like just now do you want to give us a oh wait 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 before we get into that hello my name's marley <laughs> i'm in houston and joining me is my co-host taylor i'm in cedar rapids iowa nice yeah thanks because no one still no one knows what that is uh, we appreciate the geotag um great yeah excited to be back i'm feeling really good about this book uh it was so easy to read i really flew through these almost 60 pages i think i read it in about an hour which okay pretty quick i the first time i read it i didn't love it but reading it a second time i liked it a lot more and i oh had my a gosh big, that's so well, okay i had a big revelation like about why i was never good at like English class in high school like literature class was because I would be reading things for the plot and I would miss a lot of like the character development and the details and stuff and so I did that the first time with this one like I just sped through the 60 pages like just like trying to figure out like what was going to happen next because I was so interested in the story but since it was like the first 60 pages I had missed out on a lot of like just like how everyone's related to each other and just like what Mm -hmm. type of person everyone is um and then so reading it back this time I'm like okay this like it just feels like it has a lot more meat um Mm. yeah so I'm glad I reread it that's awesome it's interesting that you bring that up that you had a hard time I had a hard time the first couple chapters but not, not because of the way that it's written, but I was cut pretty in my head about, like, Grace D. Lee, the author, grew up, this is all from her bio, like, in the book, grew up in Pearland, she went to Duke, um, she studied biology and creative writing, now she's in med school at Stanford, and, like, all of the characters that we're meeting in this book are super high achieving as well, especially high achieving academically, and, like, we were around all those kinds of people in college and it was just sort of, I don't know. It took me back momentarily to a headspace of like comparing myself to Grace, Mm. to the characters and being Mm -hmm. like, Oh yeah. Like I went to these schools and got this fancy degree and like, what am I doing with it? And like, 
what should I be doing? And I, I don't know, just sort of like young adult existential <laughs> crisis almost for a hot second. Um, like you felt like you should be doing what they're doing in the books? In the book? Um, not quite, but just like... I don't know. It just put me back into a little bit of a um, more competitive, like linearly motivated mm. headspace, um, which I have outgrown and I think is much better. It's much better being on the other side. Um, I don't know. I was just thinking about it. And I was thinking about like, here's this person who's like, basically our age who wrote this book while in med school like that's crazy that's such those are two Mm -hmm. like really major undertakings and so for her to do them at the same time and she's she's like executive producing this book that's going to be turned into a show on netflix like that's incredible yeah maybe part of me was a little bit jealous yeah Uh, i feel that like and she's basically one of the characters in the book (laughs) but what was interesting was like i was thinking about that as i was reading the first few chapters but then also like all of them all the characters are questioning like the lives that they have and the futures they've charted out for themselves which is why they agree ultimately spoiler Mm -hmm. for this section uh, (laughs) i don't think it's a spoiler i mean there yeah. wouldn't be a book if they didn't do the oh, heist. The <laughs> um, yeah, like they all agree to do the heist, and I think it's because they each have their own they each have their own motivations, which we'll get into. But I think for all of them, it's fundamentally a question of like how do I claim the life I want instead of just tr- like continuing on the path that's been charted for me or doing what I quote unquote should be doing. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like you and I both come from, like, such opposite place, like, opposite of the characters, because, like, I think our parents were all really chill about, like, yeah, study what you want to study, do what you want to do, you know, like, we expect, like, greatness from you, but it's, like, we don't have, like, specific expectations, Um, and honestly, I felt like I, like, veered off the beaten path as much as I could and now like like and then I feel like I started to settle down and was like okay how can I have a little bit more like normalcy to my life and now I feel like I'm starting to like be like I don't know getting married and like we want to start a family and like stuff like that where so it's almost kind of the opposite yeah I think some of the characters are sort of pushing back against family pressures but I think some of it is just social too it's like you social pressures and I related to that a lot like you know what the environment was like in college like everyone was really acted like we were really driven in the same ways and like trying to do all similar things even though that wasn't the reality and that's not how things have shaken out we don't mm-hmm. have the same desires and the same paths, even if, even though some people had like similar interests and similar backgrounds. Yeah. So. Um, a little salty. She didn't have any of the characters go to rice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that rice is well known enough now. I- 
I guess Rice is. I think is it not, is. I mean, like, I compared know. to Duke, like, maybe Duke's a little bit more well-known, but I'd say they're, like, on, like, on par. Yeah. I don't and know. I was like, girl, you're from Houston. Like, you could write about it so well. Probably. I don't know. We'll never know. Maybe I there's guess- a villain who comes in later who wants to rise. Hee hee hee. That'd be funny. That would be funny. I doubt it, but. I guess one of the characters did grow up in Galveston. Galveston. Who was that? Was that Lily, the driver? I think so. Yeah. Because yeah. she'd never been to China before, and, like, she, um, like, it seems like kind of just came from a bit of a isolated, like, insular place. Yeah. Which, yeah. like, Galveston's an island, for people who don't know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and also, like, a lot of port cities are home to immigrants, which makes sense. Mm. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, like, there are huge um, Asian and Chinese populations on the Gulf Coast and in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think, like, first impressions, that's some some stuff I was, like, working through myself as I was reading, but sort of once I, like, got over myself, and also once I realized, like, all the characters were sort of asking these questions of themselves and not, like, perfectly content in the, you know great on paper yeah experiences they were having um i kind of resonated with that and that really got me on board i also think it's really interesting because you hear so much like about what's it is it like the ideal stereotype or what is it like that like asian asian american folks are expected to do greatness and like expected to be doctors and really well behaved and well mannered and stuff like that and so or ideal minority I don't know if that's what I said before anyway um so I think it's really interesting getting to see a like getting to read this book and hear all these perspectives from Chinese and Chinese American people like that are actively like you said like trying to break out of that yeah it's just like a lot more powerful like reading a I don't know like stories always get through to me more like in story form rather than just um yeah like a like like history yeah or lecture yeah Yeah, well it's interesting because I think I think that's definitely in, in there but I also think for some of them it's about like it also operates on a more like personal level than that. Like just trying to have some sort of like personal fulfillment in life. Um, like I'm thinking about um, Alex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her character's motivation. She's not really <laughs> worried about like the cultural impact of repatriating this art. She's like, I want the money because I can live on that and get out of this job that I that pays me really well, but that I'm not fulfilled by. And I can also take care of my family. Mm -hmm. So like, that's a much more sort of personal, like one-to-one motivation 
than Will Chen, who's like, I'd do this for free. Like, <laughs> I want the greatness. Talk about yeah. me. I'm making history. He's yeah. like, yeah, I want to make history instead of just writing about history. I like, he's obsessed with art and beauty and culture and like wants this sort of reunification um, of these objects in their home country like his motivations are completely cultural and then i think the other characters fall somewhere in between mm. yeah that's a good way of putting it yeah he even fucking like all the like women that he takes into his life like it's like only beautiful women like he only surrounds <laughs> himself with like beautiful things yeah but like not on purpose but like kind of yeah <laughs> funny. okay do you Overall, I get the impression that these, some of these kids, like, especially I'm thinking like Will and Daniel, are very entitled in the, like, they throw fine art back and forth to each other, you know? Oh my like, god, I know, it, like, that like, Jay Tiger is gonna shatter! Yeah, so, like, that, just, like, their nonchalance about that, like, at first I read that as arrogance and entitlement, but I think, like, reflecting on that some more, I, maybe it's just, like, to show how comfortable they are, like, in these environments, because, like, Daniel's dad is a fucking, like, FBI art theft person, mm -hmm. like, that's his whole job, so Daniel is, like, super... Like, he just knows all this, and he's been around, like, this really fancy art, like, high-class art his whole life. And Will, like, Will's been there with him and also just appreciates it a lot more than Daniel does. Like, yeah. Daniel's like, I know all this useless art theft shit. <laughs> like, let me put it to use. <laughs> yeah. Well, and maybe um, some... That's really interesting, because I hadn't... Like, that. those little moments, like, bothered me, but I didn't really stop to think about why. And I think that's a really good observation it it also has me thinking about another theory that maybe it's to show like real familiarity with these objects because the whole mm -hmm. argument about stealing the artwork is that well it doesn't belong to those countries in the first place it belongs to china it belongs in chinese hands mm -hmm. so now we're stealing it but like it was already stolen so this kind of already like doesn't count because it was ours to begin with so if you're going with the argument that it was China's to begin with, and these are Chinese American, you know, young adults tossing around these objects, sort of like it's ours, so we get to not be precious with it. And yeah. Like, you to decide how this is treated. I don't know that the characters are thinking about it deep, that deeply, but on the level of the writing, maybe that's part of the motivation to to handle it that way yeah no i like that interpretation too like that had also crossed my mind like i had the thought about like you know you go to like museums and you see all these artifacts and like to an extent we know what stuff was used for but like i'd like to imagine that like some of the stuff that's in like really fancy museums was just like i don't know on someone's dresser like you know just like a peasant well, that absolutely like, was that's yeah. absolutely true yeah, and so it's, like, kind of funny, like, thinking, like, that Jade Tiger, I mean, Jade is pretty precious, but, like, that Jade Tiger, like, I don't know, it could have been someone's bathroom decoration, <laughs> like. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff 
in museums that way. Or on the flip side, there are some objects that are displayed as functional or as decorative that were really sacred and have had that like really meaningful mm. context removed over time and like distance from their home origins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like objects can completely be changed based on how they're like where they're located and how they're treated. Yeah. I mean, even just think of like contemporary art, like you put a pizza box on the wall. That's <laughs> art, you know, or like yeah. there's some sitting in my trash right now. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Wait, that's a whole rabbit hole. That's a whole rabbit hole. I know. I'm like, we're going to have so many rabbit holes to get down, to go down with this book between the two. This is like the perfect crossover between the two of our interests. (laughs) Like, I didn't think about it going in, but like, you are very much in the art world. And for a while, I was very much in the like, China, Chinese, American world. And yeah. Here we are. here. The center of that Venn diagram is theft. So, <laughs> we'll let y'all know how that works. Out. <laughs> yeah, I'd say crime in general. Like, I don't know. We bonded over my favorite murder. You showed me That's that. True. We have not scammed any crimes podcast. together yet. Hmm? Have we really not? I mean, I mean I not like intentionally like, drank like, underage together, but like, oh, that's true. That's yeah. No, I don't think we've I don't think we've committed any crimes together. I'm like we've been international together so many times. Like we got a bit like accidentally done something. Well, but we can use on that, that later. Like, weird TSA agent who like questioned us in Scotland. That was <laughs> oh, yeah, they thought we were like going into the country to like find work like post graduation. <laughs> oh, is that why you think they were asking? Oh, I thought that's what it was. I thought like they looked at us and were like, "Oh, you just graduated. Like you're gonna try and overstay your visas." That would make a lot more sense. I was thinking they were trying to accuse us of like not having the money to pay for things. Oh, it's like yeah, we had just graduated. We did not have much money, but like the trip was paid for. Yeah, I don't know. His questions were weird. Anyway, other than that, though, like, and we hadn't done anything wrong, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe one day. We'll let y'all know. Allegedly. Really? <laughs> Allegedly. That'll be our next podcast. Um, yeah. Well, okay. We're like 20 minutes in. For our lovely listeners, can you give us a synopsis? Yeah, we, we already went into like deep character analysis. <laughs> let's let's reel it back great, in. But like let's zoom out for a second. Like big picture. Where are we? What's happening? Okay, so Okay, I'll do mostly plot, and then we can, like, talk about characters more. Um, These five ragtag friends have banded together to (laughs) steal. (laughs) They're they're not even all friends. They're not ragtag. (laughs) um, No one is ragtag, and only some of them are friends. But otherwise, it's great. I'm going to work backwards. So at the end of, like, we ended off with they agreed to do this big heist right and the way they got there is that will was sitting at his like he works in a um art gallery and this robbery happens while he's on the clock and 
like while the thieves are still in there he kind of goes in to look at like get an up close look of the art like the like glass around it is shattered and he just like goes to look close and um he ends up pocketing the jade tiger that the thieves had left behind like they took one of them it was a set of two and he pockets the other one and then as the two thieves are leaving like they kind of bump into will and drop a business card in his pocket and in chinese it says like nice theft or something like that like you like the translation it's like you stole that really well like not bad Mm -hmm. so anyway and then there's a phone number on it and it's this offer um like he ends up calling and it's this uh something to do i guess he doesn't have that many details in the beginning anyway um he calls and automatically like nobody picks up but then someone texts him with like a confirmation of five first class tickets plane tickets to beijing and like that's his signal to you know gather up his team so he talks to his sister first who's like the really practical one and she because he yeah he's just like hype about this or just like i don't know like very much adrenaline driven and then she's the one who like pulls out a laptop and starts actually like researching like who's bought us these tickets people like what is this yeah and so it ends up being what's the company called i don't Uh, remember poly oh yeah china poly yeah, China Poly. Wait, then what was the name of the art museum? Poly. It was also Poly something. Hang on. I'm skipping. Okay. Sorry, I'm skipping. That's probably not a coincidence. Anyway. No, they own it. That's like stated. I didn't realize they owned the whole thing. I thought they just owned part of it, but that makes no sense now. Well, maybe. I don't know. We'll we'll revisit that. That would make sense. Okay. Um. So Irene, the sister, is vetting out this place um and i don't think they really know honestly like what this company does that's why irene is surprised because she's so she's studying public policy and like interviewing at all these big finance firms and she really prides herself on being up to date with like international relations like major economic players around the world she's like who is this why have i not heard of them because i'm like Mm -hmm. in the know and apparently the one of the it's cow no, I keep wanting to call it cow poly that is not accurate um, China poly um, the structure of this organization is not clear yet it's not really clear what they do or who they are but at least one of the people who runs it is um, what's her name Yuling Yuling right um, and she's like China's youngest billionaire, so she's only a few years older than our crew. Yeah, she's probably like twenty five or something. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so it's run by her, but we're not really sure like what exactly they do. But they own a bunch of things. The museum is the new Poly. There's the new Poly Plaza, which houses the Poly Art Museum. Okay, yeah, that's got to be their museum then. That makes sense. I think so. But it also sounds like there may be other stuff. Like in the plaza. Anyway. Continue. Um, okay, so he had contacted 
Irene. She looked up that. And then, I guess actually the first person he contacted was Alex. Yeah. Who, um, oh, he calls her and he's like, hey, how easy is it to, like, hack into a museum surveillance? And she's like, why? And basically, like, he shows her the, like, the footage of, like, the, the, the theft that had happened at his, mm-hmm. like, the museum he was at. Um, and she sees him pocket it. Like, she sees the whole thing go down. And yeah, while she's watching this, he's like, so do you, are you in? Like, do you want to steal stuff with me? And, like, we can tell, like, she makes her decision because she deletes the footage of him stealing yeah. She doesn't hesitate very long at all. Yeah, I she's fast she- to be in. Yeah, I kind of appreciate that about her. No hesitation. Yeah. Um, or very little hesitation. One of the things I'm thinking about is, like, I think that heist was planned to get to Will. I think mm. maybe they want... I think Cal Poly... Or, psh, fucking, here I go again. Cal <laughs> Poly uh, organized that heist to probably get at whatever art objects they stole, but I don't think they accidentally left a jade tiger behind. Why would mm. I Especially think, if it's a pair, yeah. Yeah, and what are the chances? I think they've been scouting Will Chen. I think they picked that gallery mostly for him and the art they took was a secondary win um and they did the heist when he was there and left behind that tiger to get him interested like obviously maybe they hadn't planned to leave the business card in his pocket but someone noticed him and took the time to do that why? Yeah, I, uh, like, I highly doubt it was a spur of the moment decision because there would have been so much going on. So I think it was premeditated. Obviously, it was premeditated, but I think with the intent of getting him involved. Yeah, like China Poly is so incredibly calculated. I agree with that because I was wondering. I don't. At some point, I think it mentioned something that made me think, like how how did they find Will? Like we see how these five people are related but how did china poly find exactly. Will? so yeah i think you're onto something exactly and we don't know yet how they found him right oh yet exactly what it is they do other than art heists allegedly so far uh, Ooh, allegedly allegedly <laughs> yeah so that's what i think so should we run down our well are you still working on your synopsis so oh, yeah, gathers, there's more. I'm, he gathers I'm getting pretty detailed. Yeah, he gathers the team. Um, they fly out to Beijing. So a quick little weekend trip to Beijing. Yeah, Jesus Christ, you know? that's like most of your time on the plane just to be yeah. there at night. Yeah, and they roll up fresh off the plane, and they're in this, like, high-rise fancy-ass building that they're in like the penthouse of and it's like basically a museum okay this was also part of like the thing that gave me like a whiff of entitlement was that all these stolen art pieces are like sitting on marble pedestals like without even glass around them just like in the main room in the living room and like just not protected at all like the 
people who put it there are not worried at all. Like, it's just like their home collection, but it's stolen, like, centuries-old art. But that's part of that. That You pointing that out, like, reinforces my earlier interpretation that it really is trying to emphasize that this stuff belongs to china like you could still argue that maybe it should go in like a cultural institution like a museum or a you know some sort of like public institution in china where everyone can have access to them but mm. I think it reinforces the idea that like it was not these objects were not like made for westerners yeah we're not supposed to be in western hands so like the conventions about how we think these things should be treated doesn't really matter because it's not ours to worry about but also like i wonder how unprotected that shit really is like if these people are so rich like maybe they're bolted down to the bases or something i don't know i don't know know. temperature controlled humidity controlled probably something i don't know yeah it's not like they're just chilling in like my apartment (laughs) i know i looked around my house and like or my apartment and like imagined all these fancy pieces being here yeah, but it is interesting that we see them, like, in someone's home, like, a billionaire's home, but still. It's- yeah, and, like, Will is, like, so comfortable there. Like, he fits in. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that, so they talk to Wang Yuling, and she basically tells them, like, what she wants from them. Daniel storms out. He's like, hell nah. Will stops him at the elevator, um, convinces him to do it, and then late, like the next day, um, they it's their last night in Beijing, and they want to go to the Poly Museum before it closes. And they roll up, and it's like just a few minutes past closing, and the guard is like shutting the gates, and um. Irene like sweet talks her way like all their way in to seeing seven like the seven zodiac animals that are at this museum like the seven that China has Um, so for context what they're trying to steal there are these seven zodiac heads and they were where were they originally located 12 zodiac heads Sorry, 12 zodiac Um, heads I think they were at the the summer palace the right, one that was okay. burnt down. So originally there was the Summer Palace in, in Beijing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Beijing. And part of the decoration of that palace was a head of each animal for the Chinese zodiac. And once the palace was burned down, the heads were taken by like different countries' art institutions in the West. So seven of them are back residing in China at the Poly Art Museum, but five are still left at different institutions in the Western world. So I think they said US, UK, France, Switzerland, Netherlands, something like that. Uh, Sweden, Finland. Sweden, fin- okay, close enough. Sweden, Finland. <laughs> uh, same vibe, same <laughs> I feel like we're going to hear crap from Amelia about that. (laughs) Sorry. She can tell us better. Uh, I'll learn. And so the, yeah, what um, Yu Ling is asking them to do is to go get the other five. Yeah. 
Okay. And so they go to see the seven of them um, on the pretext that, oh, we're only in Beijing for one more night. Like, I want Will should see all this fancy art, like, because he really appreciates it. But actually, they, I think, like, it's really Will and Irene have planned, um, like, they're going to do, like, a, a trial run heist. Um and because they get inside and they're looking at the art and then like the lights go off. And I don't Alex think Irene like, knew it was. You don't think so? Well, that's a good question because she was willing to talk them into it. So maybe, maybe she was in on it and Alex was in on it. Yeah, I think the three of them were in on it. And because Daniel was the one who really needed to be convinced. Yeah, and then Lily like kind of, but I don't think she was really that hesitant. Yeah, and so, like, they just needed to, like, I don't know, and also just kind of, like, a team-building exercise. Like, they needed to, like, break the ice and do it all together. Like, do a heist, you know? Like, yeah. in a controlled way. And since, and so, like, Yu Ling was definitely in on this. Like, she, like, basically had the idea. Like, it was kind of like a test in her mind. Like, if they can, like, basically steal her art, like, then they can do it at these other institutes yeah yeah because like she owns the place so she's not gonna have them arrested if they do get caught yeah Um, (laughs) yeah so they're in there and they're looking at the art after irene talked them in sweet talked them in and all of a sudden the lights go out right and then Mm -hmm. Alex like hacks the the cameras and they've got 10 minutes to bust into the case and they do and that's what sort of seals the deal uh, on the, the rest of the crew. And everyone agrees that they're going to do it. Because they mm-hmm. will each get... Um, Yuling has promised them $50 million if and when they succeed. Which would be $10 million a piece. Which, uh, yeah, you could live on for quite some time. I mean, that's a lot. But also it's peanuts to Yuling because she's a billionaire. Yeah, but like to the rest of us, could live on that quite comfortably for a very long time. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so that's everybody. But we get, I want to break down our cast characters a little bit. Yeah, our crew. Love a crew, love people fitting into archetypes. So, I'm going to pull from the inside cover. Um, yeah, that was helping me keep track of it the first yeah, time. Exactly. So Will is the leader. He's the dreamer. He's like big picture, wants the glory, wants the justice, um, also wants the beauty and the like rush of the experience. Um, I think he wants something with a little bit of an edge, but also does very much believe in the cause. So then he's got his younger sister, who's a public policy policy major. So she's dubbed the con artist. She can talk her way out of anything. Daniel is the thief. So Daniel is pre-med. He wants to go to medical school. His dad um, is in the FBI and, like, investigates white-collar, like, art-related crimes. Um, And they've been, like... My guess is they went to middle school together. They've known each other for, like, 10 years. Yeah. And they're, like, super tight. Like, basically, like, 
Will, Daniel, and Irene are siblings, basically. Yeah, well, uh, Will and Daniel are besties. Well, yeah. Probably in love with Irene. Yeah, that's (laughs) a better way to put it. Yeah, and then um, there's the getaway driver, Lily, who is Irene's roommate. She's an engineering major, but she races cars in her free time. She's really good at it. She's the one from Galveston. And then there's Alex, who's the hacker, who was at MIT and was really talented and got a job offer at Google in Silicon Valley. So she dropped out to go take the job in Silicon Valley and it pays a lot, but she has like no life. Yeah. She doesn't know anyone there. She and Will went on like a couple bad dates, which is how they met. Freshman year. Yeah. Yeah. But are now like not interested in each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so they all have different motivations for joining. Like I said, Will agrees to do this because he believes in the cause. Like, this is something that he's been studying, um, that he's written about, the sort of issue of, like, stolen artifact and repatriation. Um, yeah, and he believes in the the sort of heart of the mission, for lack of a better phrase. Um, Irene agrees, I think partly just to back up her brother, but also because I think she wants some adventure. Like she strikes me as someone who's like incredibly high achieving and also very driven. And when you're like that, you know, you can kind of, I've felt this way before. You can kind of like get on a track and feel like you can't get off Mm -hmm. Um, and feel like everything is just laid out in front of you. So I'm sort of reading a little bit of that into her character and I think she wants to do something great and for herself um and also she wants to back up Will Daniel agrees to do it I think mostly out of his love for the Chin siblings mm-hmm. um, and to put all his useless art heist knowledge <laughs> yeah i feel like he's got more motivations than we're being let into right now though yeah i think he's gonna be a really interesting character because he was born in china he grew up in beijing so i think it'll be interesting to see like his i don't know just how he's different yeah and he has mentioned several times something about like well i'm already a disappointment to my dad so Mm. yeah and his mom his mom died like a few i don't know unknown amount of years earlier so it seems like it's kind of just him and his dad yeah and there seems to be some sort of rift between them like maybe his dad had certain expectations that daniel doesn't feel like he meets but we're not really sure what those are some sort of family drama there. Yeah, he's kind of a dark, like, gotta figure him out character, it seems like. Yeah, agreed. Dragon tattoo, yeah, going up and down his torso. Super cool. He sounds pretty hot, not gonna lie. Yeah, they he all does. Do. He <laughs> does. <laughs> um, and then we have Lily, who's the engineer slash race car driver from Texas, and she's the one who's, like, she seems the, the more... Um, not sheltered, that's the wrong word, but, like, the least, like, worldly of them all. Mm. All these other people are talking about, like, I lived here, or I lived here, or I grew up in this, like, 
really nice part of California and then moved off to this like Ivy League school and like all these, you know, sort of quote unquote high culture, like lifestyles and upbringings where she's just like from Galveston, which is like humble little beach town, like very normal, average sounding family, but her family didn't really have anything to do with like once they immigrated to the U.S. doesn't seem like they've really had much to do with their Chinese culture and she was raised like really American. Um, so I don't know. She races cars. She said at first it was a means of escape, but now she hopes it can be something else. So I'm interested to see her evolve because it feels like she's really sort of finding herself and getting in touch with her. Um, I don't know, maybe her heritage or her like, background for the first time and we're not really sure what that's going to mean for her yeah I think like definitely finding herself that way but I do think like she's a very confident like grown person like because there was a scene where Will comes to recruit her and it's just the two of them and she's like driving him around in her car and she like thinks to herself like oh like two years ago when I met him like when he was moving Irene and like I briefly met him she's like thinking back to Lily two years ago I would have like she would have been freaked out having him in her passenger seat but now she's like cool as a cucumber about it and can like handle it yeah she seems really mature yeah I hope we get more insight into like how that transformation took place for her Mm. oh also there's a big backstory for Daniel of when he and Will steal that coin oh that's right yeah will you tell us that story yeah so they're at the two of them I think it's probably like senior year of high school and the two of them um are at Daniel's dad's like you know basically workplace like it's like a a museum that had been broken into and they're just kind of like walking around and they see the coin um, like an ancient coin left behind or yeah that's like underneath like broken glass anyway Daniel is like hey Will like dare me to steal this and um, he does he ends up taking it like and Will like doesn't stop him but it is like like Will's into it but it is Daniel's idea and i i'm curious to see like how did that play out like did his dad catch him did he get in a lot of trouble for it because daniel's so hesitant yeah and it's this big like pivotal point i think like for their relationship like Mm -hmm. the chens and daniel but also yeah like daniel's maybe interest in art or not yeah Um, yeah, so I'm interested, like, what happens there. Yeah, I will find out. Um, and then our, the last member of our team is the hacker, Alex Huang, the MIT dropout turned Silicon Valley software engineer. So she just seems very, like, very driven and very talented, but also just, like, kind of disillusioned. It seems like she has a lot of responsibility on her shoulders. She's really financially supporting her family, quite a bit it seems um and she moved out to california she's from new york 
and it seems like she doesn't really know anybody. She's only been there about a year and doesn't sound like she's really made friends or like found a place for herself aside from at work out mm-hmm. on the West Coast. But even at work, she's still just like an interchangeable person. Yeah, like she wanted to do something with code that was like really impactful. Yeah. Um, and she's not really feeling that yet. Um, and so most of her motivation, like at least that she says out loud, is the money. She's like, this is really cut and dry. Like, <laughs> I could support myself and my family. My family could not, like, would never want for anything again. We'd be set. So sign me up. Um, yeah, but she also doesn't, like, she doesn't want to wake up 20 years from now like in her same position like she's ready to shake it up exactly and i also think like if her family were completely taken care of that would be less pressure on her and less Mm -hmm. weight on her shoulders because she would not have to be the one taking care of them yeah okay i did like to see what happens with daniel like if he still decides to go to med school after like if they get all the money um yeah. yeah Also, I wanted to um, make sure we talked about the first time we meet Lily and just, like, this, like, race she's in. Oh, yeah. And, like, so she's just, like, I mean, it's basically, like, drag racing, I guess. Just, um, like, Friday night at Duke. And, um, like, the the bet ends up being, like, the, the guy she's racing against, um, like, as they're about to take off, he's, like, winner, like, all or nothing like or winner takes all and she's like yep and they race and she is like creaming him like she is way ahead but she doesn't want her win to be too easy so she like lays off a little bit lets him get closer and then like zooms across the finish line and like walks away with like this fancy Audi and like Audi that was weird and um like this is not the first time she's done this like she like (laughs) wins races and takes people's fancy cars and then sells them back to them we love Um, to see it yeah no i it's amazing but also just like thinking about like who just has an audi that i can race and be okay with well not okay but like Put on the line for a race. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. I'm going to look up how much an Audi R8 costs. Hold, please. Or you can keep talking, but I'm going to. I'll tell you about someone in my high school got an Audi for his 16th birthday, and we all, like, we're like, what the fuck? The 2022 Audi R8. MSRP is $1,148,700. Oh my god. This brand new. This might not be brand new. But I like, know, but still. Like talking- I drive a Prius. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from 2012. <laughs> and we love her. Yeah. Anyway. Car, car culture is its whole thing. I'm not a yeah. girl who gets it, but the girls who get it, get it. <laughs> Lily, um, Lily, Lily gets it. The girl who gets it. And she <laughs> really gets it because she's super talented. Love her. Yeah, I, I am so excited by having her as 
the getaway driver. I really hope she gets to go on like a crazy car chase. Ooh, yes. Also excited to see um, about the steaminess between her and Will because that's like oh I know they're setting that up. And you can tell Irene is already like Will. Don't you fucking do it. Don't fuck with Irene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you leave all these girls and they think they're in love with you and think you're gonna be so great and so good and then you fuck it up. Like don't do this to my roommate. like she purposely hadn't told him like that Lily is a race car driver because yeah. she didn't want him to like know how cool she is. Yeah, she's like, please don't. <laughs> but yeah. we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, so this is this is where we are. We've got we've got our as Taylor said at the beginning, um, ragtag crew. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and we'll see what's in store for them next. They basically have passed the test and did their little like trial trial break in at the poly art institute um or poly art museum and so now i think i think what's next is they're gonna go back home and then we'll see sort of what the assignment is because yeah. i'm assuming they'll get assignments from Yuling about like where to go when like which museum to hit yeah there was something I don't know there's one line that made me led me to believe that like the first heist will happen within the next month like they'll have like about a month to prepare well that would make sense because it's like why why start this if you're not going to start this yeah get it going um and I bet it'll be in New York because so many of them already live on the east coast Mm, good point or that one will be last uh, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We don't know, because that's where we stopped. Yeah. We got our crew. Um, yeah, and so now there's much to unfold in terms of what Yuling is going to ask of them. Um, I think we're going to learn more about China Poly and what their motives are, because if I were Will and if I were these people, I would be starting to have questions about like what are you going to do with these artifacts once we get them where are they going Mm. how are how are you getting them back because you can't just plop them down in the museum with the others and be like oh here they are all 12 (laughs) these other countries are going to hear you know like yeah what's happening what's our end game here are these going to stay in a private I want to be an end game. <laughs> <laughs> Getaway car has been stuck in my head the past week. <laughs> Taylor is now such a Taylor Swift girly. She refused for years, but she's finally been converted. Everyone, please congratulate her. Honestly, today I was like, what if I got a tattoo that just said reputation? That's hilarious. I think you absolutely should. <laughs> it would be so bad. It'd be bad. It would be really funny. You should get it in that font, too. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. Wow. Sure. Amazing. Okay, I... um, Two things. One is I want to do more research on, like, what of this is real. Because, you know, like, obviously, like, the places and stuff they're mentioning in Beijing, like, a lot of that, and, like, the history and stuff, like... As far as I can tell, that's all, like, legit, you know? Like, that's mm-hmm. um, to the books. But then, like, I want to look into the, the the Zodiac 
animals sculptures and see like do those are those real have some of them been stolen like are they still in western museums yeah okay i'm googling let's just wikipedia real quick because i agree the 12 old summer palace bronze heads are a collection of bronze fountain heads in the shape of the chinese zodiac animals that was part of a water clock fountain in front of a building that was part of the old summer palace in beijing they were among treasures looted during the destruction of the old summer palace by british and french expeditionary forces in 1860 during the second opium war since then they have Mm. been among the most visible examples of attempts to repatriate chinese art and cultural artifacts uh then there's a link to an article about a scandal with two of them in 2009. An entire museum in Beijing run by the Polycorp. <gasps> oh, shit! Oh, my oh, God. Shit. Okay, which is operated by a state-owned military enterprise is filled with repatriated artworks, including several other bronze animal heads that, along with the two held by St. Laurent, were part of the set of 12 representing the science of the Chinese zodiac. The museum bought the tiger, monkey, and ox through auction houses in Hong Kong in 2000, while the pig's head was recovered in New York by Hong Kong casino magnate Stanley Ho, who in turn donated it to the museum. Okay, ooh, this now there's crazy this pictures with their locations. Okay, this is wild. So the rats. Yes, recovered. hello, that's me. I'm a rat. Yeah, was recovered in 2013 and is currently in the National Museum of China. Um, the ox was recovered in 2000 and is part of the Poly Art Museum in Beijing. The tiger recovered in 2000, part of the Poly Art Museum. The rabbit, 2013, National Museum of China. Dragon, unknown. Snake. Unknown? Well, it doesn't say unknown. It's just blank. Oh. But it was possibly sold in 2018 at a French auction house. Snake, nothing. Horse. Wait, do they just like not know where these are? Like I don't. I'm just on Wikipedia. Like more okay. research needs to be done. <laughs> these are excellent questions, Taylor. You're such a good detective. <laughs> I sound sarcastic, but I'm not. Okay, so the dragon and the snake, no info. The rooster and the dog, no info. The horse was recovered in twenty sorry, two thousand seven and is at the Capitol Museum, which is in Beijing. Goat, no info. The monkey is at the Poly Art Museum and the pig is at the Poly Art Museum, but the rooster and the dog are also missing. Whoa. Dude, okay, you know what this means? You know how we were gonna well were but are gonna do a Malibu trip? We gotta do a Beijing trip. I'm down. <laughs> I know, right? I've been wanting to go. use China. <laughs> Yeah, I would love that. This is so interesting. We are going to have to do more issues. And it really, sorry, more research about this. Um, I'm shocked that, like, we're going to have to research Polycorp and the Poly Art Museum. I'm shocked that she was able to have the name be so close. Right. In the book. That's really interesting. And this, yeah, this article on wikipedia says that the museum run by polycorp is operated by a state-owned military enterprise that's interesting yeah because they've mentioned the government a couple times in this book so far yeah 
I'm interested to see where that goes. I'm interested to learn more about real life art heist, which also leads me into the second thing I wanted to bring up that is um, this reminds me of the Goldfinch by Donna Tart, which I know I was talking about Donna Tart last episode and I just love, love her. But the Goldfinch is all about like not an intentional well, the the boy ends up with a piece of art that he gets during an art heist, like a or a bombing at a museum. Wasn't it just... World War Two? No, no, it's like no. nowadays. Oh shit! I yeah, yeah, and so he ends up with this goldfinch painting, which is a real painting. Um, but so I feel like all I know about like Interpol and like art <laughs> thefts comes from that book, which I'm sure it, like is pretty like legit. But... Yeah, well researched. Yeah, that uh, that's also such a good book. Well, maybe we can revisit it for a mini-sode or something. Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, let's see. Let's pick what we're going to read this time. Um, although we now know Taylor is not reliable. <laughs> text. You got to text me it so I have it in writing. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's not like we have it on record. I know, but I don't go back and listen to these. I know. I just, I think we should read a little bit less for next time. I want to be able to slow down and talk about the chapters in more detail. Yeah, that sounds good. So let's do like 20 pages instead of 50. So let's do chapters 9, 10, and 11. So that'll be page 58 through page 75. Cool. Cool, cool. Okay, I'm really excited. I'm really enjoying this. Um, having an awesome time reading it. It's clipping along. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we got like a big chunk in the beginning. because Me too. Yeah, it feels nice. I feel like we really have some good momentum. Yeah, and the hardest part of like starting a, like reading a new book is like learning the yeah. characters and like I just getting read, the setting. Yeah, I haven't read that much in one sitting in a long time. Nice. Yeah, it felt really good. Nice. Cool. Well, uh, real quick, before we sign off, what um, archetype would you be if you were on a high school team? Oh, my God. I was going to ask you, like, which character you'd want to be. What archetype would I be? Well, I put mine as my name to join this call tonight. I would be the Mr. Disguise. Ooh. Yes. I would be the master of disguise because number one, I could dress people up so that they wouldn't be recognizable. Number two, I myself can often disappear when I want to. Mm-hmm. So I think that's who I would be. I think I would be like the coordinator, like the person who knows everyone and brings us together and makes like, yeah, just like coordinates, like who does what, when, because I, I think, yeah, like I know a lot of random people with random you talents do. all over the world. Yeah, and I also just like know a lot of random stuff. So yes, you do. Bitch loves Jeopardy. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, the current Jeopardy champion. We love her. Yes, we do. Twenty-three-year-old lesbian. We stand. That's the representation we asked for. Oh, let's have a Jeopardy podcast. Okay. Add it to the list. I'm telling you, you got me to make one, and now it's like, oh, this isn't that hard. Let's do I it. Know. 
we're going to start a podcast empire. Yes. Love that for us. This has been voracious. Thanks for uh, coming back to sink your teeth into another book with us. We will be back next week. Until then, uh, keep an eye on our Instagram. Bye. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye.